This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, space, a Ford Frontier. Cue the music. I was gonna, I was gonna come into the episode saying, "I don't know if it was actually a Ford car." <laughs> yeah, welcome to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. Uh, my name is Dalton, and joining me as always are the Destructo Bros. It is Nate. Hey, what's up? It's uh, Willie Destructo. That sounds weird. I'm Willie Destructo, and this is my brother Nathan Explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and they call him that because he comes lots. Hey, hey, already, already. It's it's been a while, gentlemen. Um, will I was gonna say Willie D since it's Willie Destructo Bros, but isn't that some? Isn't that somebody Willie D? It sounds sounds vaguely. Doesn't that sound like it would be a famous person for some reason? <laughs> <laughs> or or will? Yeah, there's a rapper from the Ghetto Boys. The Ghetto Willie Boys. D. That's okay. Yeah. See. <laughs> See, it's kind of like two stubs. Are you a SoundCloud rapper? Damn right. <laughs> Dude, again, I know we've talked. I don't know if we've actually talked about this on the episode or if we just always talk about it at Game Buds. But the night that that happened, uh, we were playing. Uh, was it Shell Shock? Mm-hmm. And just somebody, somebody randomly popped into our game named Two Stubs. And the way it was spelled, I was just like, "Hey, Two Stubs, are you a SoundCloud rapper?" It's like, yeah. And he sends his SoundCloud. And he wasn't bad. <laughs> the, the, the dude had no arms. Like, he just had two stubs. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. What a brilliant way to just take that shit and run with it and be like, fuck yeah, own that shit. And he wasn't bad. He seemed like a cool guy. Yeah, he seemed cool. And, like, I wasn't there for it, but he kind of became the group mascot for a little bit. Like, <laughs> everyone added stubs to their screen names on the Discord for yeah, a minute. his music wasn't bad. He was a pretty cool dude in there. And then he leaves another dude joins and I'm just like hey man are you a SoundCloud rapper and he's like yeah and he hits us with his fucking SoundCloud <laughs> like, oh my god it was brilliant so that became a thing that anytime we play uh, Shell Shock and somebody random joins I always ask them if they're a SoundCloud rapper because maybe that's just a game they play and network and I don't know <laughs> that game is weirdly bad at keeping your private room private I don't know how it does its matchmaking but it seems to screw that up about once a session yeah it's fun though it could take forever but it's fun I feel like once we moved off of uh, playing Juggernaut every time, that kind of helped it not last forever. Because jugger- in Juggernaut mode, it's a, Shell Shock is a game where you like it's like Scorched Earth or Worms or Gunbound or whatever, and it, usually it's two teams of you know shooting, uh, taking turns shooting each other. But uh, Juggernaut mode gives one guy the hit points uh, equal to like the entire other team put together, and that's one versus everyone. The problem is it, it takes a while to get that guy out, and if you die early, it's like. You know, if there's six other people, you're like, oh, I'm going to have to do something else for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if you a... spawn next to the juggernaut, you're just like, well, I'm about to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So uh, it's been two weeks, gentlemen. So some things have happened. I got approached by somebody to do some duets. Now, I have, nice. Did you do I have it marked down that they're for YouTube. Okay. And I was wrong. She wanted them for TikTok. So I am now on TikTok on somebody's TikTok. Uh, let me. 
I should have this pulled up already because I'm a professional. <laughs> but I do not. Uh, I believe it's like... God damn it, I sent it to our chat, but we talk a lot. <laughs> so I'm scrolling. Y'all vamp for a second. How were you guys this week? How were these two weeks? That's good. Man, <laughs> it was actually funny. Before we recorded the episode, I went to the gas station to get some sweets for fun. And I was driving back and there was this big ass truck pulled in front of me like one of those those trucks you only see in the south like lift kit on it those bright light lights illuminating the street underneath the truck oh, god and it yeah. was i could tell it was blaring music really loud i couldn't tell what it was and i was like oh just one of these rednecks blaring their redneck shit again <laughs> so i was driving behind and i was like listening to my music and i like to drive with my window cracked all the time so as soon as i pull up like there's a stop sign and as soon as i pull up behind him I start busting out laughing because I just hear the most memorable drum fill of all time coming from his truck. And it's just not what I was expecting at all. Phil Collins. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, shit. I was just going to punch a redneck shit for it out of his car. It was just Phil Collins in the air tonight. And I just started busting out laughing. He probably couldn't hear me because his music was so loud, but I had my window down. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I was expecting you to be like, dude, he was listening to like the Sonic soundtrack. Was- <laughs> okay, real quick, let me let me plug her channel because I'll feel bad if I don't. Uh, so on TikTok, if you want to go check these TikToks out, uh, it's M1SS period X period M-U-R-D-3-R. Miss Murder, right? She's a fan of uh, like AFI and bands like that, so... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, why is the name Miss Murder so familiar? It's like, that was like, hey, one of AFI's biggest singles. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's a cool chick. She's a guitar hero. She's yeah. a cool chick. Her I name's like Bronca. Uh, from her accent, I think she's like Norwegian or Eastern European. Oh, so you didn't know this person beforehand. They just liked your no. stuff and came to you and were like, hey, can I do it this? Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Mess- she, she messaged oh. me on YouTube and, or her friend messaged me on YouTube and was like, Hey, my a friend of mine really likes your stuff. Uh, can I give her your email? Yeah, so I was like, yeah, sure, cool. So, yeah, nice. It's uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. I did uh, some typo negative with her, um, and some misfits. I don't know if she's posted the misfits stuff yet, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I was that's the, I've been on YouTube probably ten years now, maybe more. A long time, thirteen years actually. I think two thousand nine was my first video upload. Anyway, I've never been approached to do anything. So this was the first time I was like, oh, cool. Let's do it. That's wild. I'm glad it turned out, though. It's pretty cool. I will tell you one thing that people have asked me over the years in comments and stuff. And it's like, can you upload a tutorial video for this? And it's like, man, I'm really bad at teaching people. <laughs> like, I just I'm not good at it teaching guitar because I I don't. OK, this is going to come off as uh, jacking off my own self. But I'm not I'm really not like people who know I'm a very modest guitar player. But I've been playing guitar so long that it's hard for me to remember what's easy for beginners. You know what I mean? Like I can teach you some chords and stuff, but then I might throw in like an, an F chord that's like this instead of a bar. And that might just like throw, I, I don't know. There's just things that I, I just don't think about anymore because it's like second nature to me. You know, you're just over there sweet picking and stuff like no. it's the easiest thing in the world. But if you haven't mastered that technique, oh, well, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't bust that out for people like, Oh, you want to learn how to play guitar? Do this. Wheedly, 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 wheedly. Cause then they're going to be like, what the fuck? But I, w- I will be like, let's just do this Ingve Malmsteen song real quick. I will tell them though. Like if you work at it one day, you'll be able to do shit like this. And then I'll play something like that, you know, but, uh, but yeah, man, 
let's see what else stuff oh uh some old elder scrolls games got put on steam yeah i saw that that's pretty cool uh, and actually i think it was just old bethesda games in general like there's some other ones that aren't elder scrolls related but old bethesda to- games on steam make me nervous now <laughs> wait why fallout 3 oh oh right yeah yeah um I, I, you don't I, love games for Windows Live? I don't have a retort for that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, I assume like there. So Arena and Daggerfall are both free, um, and huh. I believe that they're free on GOG as well. I think they were know, free on GOG if you buy a Bethesda game. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, I think I got them in there at one for, point. Like I think you got it when we bought Fallout Three for GOG because GOG actually worked <laughs> oh. when Steam did not. Oh my God. That was that a whole sense, debacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My goodness, that was a whole thing. I'm glad I got that figured out, though. That was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done for this show, <laughs> was making that game fucking work for you guys. <laughs> um, oh, what a frustrating first day, though, because we were all kind of going into it pretty excited. Like, we're ready to see yeah, this game, Yeah, that was what I was definitely excited for. <laughs> we kind of got, like, the wind taken out of our sails that first night. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I need to I guess I need to load up the arena and Daggerfall Steam versions and see how they run. But I assume like if they're anything like the ones that run on GOG, it's probably gonna run a DOS box and mm-hmm. load that shit up. Yeah, um, this is pre Windows uh, Live at least. Yeah, oh yeah, way pre Windows <laughs> Live. Uh, I will say though, uh, anybody who's looking to get into Daggerfall, look into Daggerfall Unity, which is a uh, they updated the game and brought it into the Unity engine, which just makes it. And it doesn't really change the aesthetic, although you can get mods that make the sprites look cleaner and things like that. But it's still 2D. Like, it's still that classic okay. aesthetic. It's just more, it runs better. It's more of an updated, uh, crisper look. And the UI is a bit more manageable. Man, I'm surprised with them putting, like, with Bethesda putting on these old um, Elder Scrolls games on Steam for free that they haven't put, like, Ultimate Doom for free on Steam yet. Because I. It's shocking to think that people, including myself, still pay for that game in 2022. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird, right? That uh, and that's like a Wolfenstein 3D is 4.99. Yeah, I, like, I got oh, that. In, I got a Steam key for that one of those mystery bundles recently. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, man, like that game is that game's old as the hills. Like, just let us have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Wolf 3D is actually older than that. Wow. I, I think Wolf 3D is older than Arena, dude. You might be uh, right. I, I think I, I, I think Wolf 3D was like early 1993 or late 1992. I, I want to say Arena was 94. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I was explaining to 92, and then Arena came out. Uh, Pulse today. I was man, my mind blanked for a second. I was trying to remember if it was Jeff or Pulse. I was explaining to Pulse today how big Daggerfall is. Did y'all get a chance to see that picture? Yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah. it's amazing that that little square, there's a little tiny square in the middle of the water in Daggerfall. And it's like, that's the entire map of Skyrim. <laughs> it's like, oh. but a lot of Daggerfall is procedurally generated. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, Arena is newer than I thought it was. It's actually newer than Doom. Oh, well, there you go. Came out mid-1994 or March 1994. Wolfenstein was mid-1992. But yeah, Ben, Daggerfall's universe is almost weirdly huge. Like, is there stuff there? <laughs> um, so, so Daggerfall is kind of weird, and that's like one of the things that the mods clean up or some of these quests, because like, so the wilderness, all the towns are there, you know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of them, but all the wilderness is randomly generated. So as you're walking through the woods and stuff, mm-hmm. what you come upon 
is just whatever is going to be popping up there, right? So, like, you might get a quest to go out into the wilderness to this certain dungeon. Well, you can go to that dungeon, but, like, say you have to leave for some reason, like, you may never be able to get back to that dungeon. <laughs> so, that quest is just broken from there. Like, so, like, there are way like, you can, there's a lot of quests in that game that you might not be able to finish because some fuck shit like that. But that's just old gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Quirks. Imagine if they took that even harder and made like an Elder Scrolls game that was like procedurally generated to the roguelike type level. Too oh, much. <laughs> That'd be brutal. Yeah, I was gonna never. Now I think about it though, Elder Scrolls doesn't really have the um, precise combat that would make that kind of thing work. Like permadeath in an Elder Scrolls game would suck really bad. Well, we could always play permadeath No Man's Sky because that's a mode. Hmm. There's uh, there's a creative mode where you can't die. There's normal mode. There's survival mode, and then there's permanent death. And uh, I've never fucked with permanent death. I've never fucked with survival either. Come to think of it, <laughs> what is a uh, survival ad? Uh, I think it just makes things more harsh. Okay, is there like food and, and stuff? No man's got no, not really. Uh, there is nip bud though that looks like weed <laughs> that that you nice. can that you can sell now. I, I found out that that was pretty funny. You could trade it to the. Uh, I know that's what I want to say is nep nep but that's not what they're called I don't remember what they're fucking called right now they're like the the little dudes yeah, it doesn't matter I'm sure Jeff is screaming it at me <laughs> sorry somewhere across the universe he feels a cry of disturbance in the words of Canadian me sorry bud sorry <laughs> sorry um, about that as far as the uh, one of the update the fantasy league real quick, I don't yeah. believe that much has been going on. Um, let me do some overlooking. Is Elden Ring still a good video game? <laughs> Elden Ring is still still a good video game. Uh, I'm trying to see if anything else has come out since the last two weeks. A lot of my games aren't slated to. Let's see. When's my next one releasing? Six twenty four. Oh wow! You gotta wait. You got two months. Yeah, Fire Emblem Three Hopes. But uh, there's a few. Nate, did you change one of my notes to say winners? I, I don't think so. Not recently, if I did. I'm pretty positive yeah, I didn't type wieners here. How long it would take you to find that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. And I, I was so hoping you would find it on the show. So that's why he blames me for it. <laughs> it seemed like something you would do. Yes, bitch. Oh my god, that's wonderful. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to see if uh, hazards of a Google Docs, y'all. Nah, you know, I don't think that anything's really come out and gotten a rating. So yeah, I don't think this is like. Um, was Kirby out by the time we did the last episode? Because that's the only thing I Ooh. can think of that might have came out since then. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, or at least you know it might have been, but I don't remember. So let's do it anyway. Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. Yeah, in eighty eighty five. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's really good. That is, that yeah. is not bad at all. That Kirby. was uh, Steph. Steph got Kirby. Congrats. Uh, she also got Martha is Dead, which scored her a 69. Nice. nice. I mean, not, nice. So, not so nice for her. But nice. but yeah. <laughs> and she uh, had Ghostwire Tokyo, which got a 77. Okay. Right, so the Kirby yeah, stuff for sure. The one I'm going to be interested in is uh, Jeremy from Oregon, who's the one who's like, he drafted his games and hasn't touched it since. Uh, one of his draft games is Diablo Immortal which is coming out hmm. now i was torn on that game because that's a mobile game but they just announced that it's also coming to pc 
So that might give it a boost, or it might make people be like, what the fuck, you porting a mobile game to it? We yeah. want Diablo 4, goddammit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's not a good call on their part. Especially when this game had was pretty controversial at announce mm-hmm. time. I think that's going to be a problem. Like, I literally made a joke about that during the Patreon section. I did that, <laughs> don't you guys have yeah. phones yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that putting oh, a I mobile mean- port on PC has ever gone over so super well. I don't know. Check, uh, check to see if uh, Temple Run has a high uh, Metacritic. Dude, I'll never forget. There was only one time that I got a bundle from Fanatical that I was disappointed in. And they were like nine of the ten games looked like fucking mobile ports of like, okay, do this. And then your guys move on to the next level. And then you do the little thing and then when you're done you move on to the next level like candy crush style yeah but not but not yeah. candy crush you get three it was like uh but you get three stars per yeah. level and it, the levels are super short so i could show you an ad after every it, level yeah exactly it was that style of game and i wrote them and i was like dude i was like i mean i'm not asking for a refund or anything even though that would be awesome <laughs> like, <laughs> but this bundle that i got uh nine of these games are like mobile ports and I was like, and that's that's kind of shitty since I paid, you know, for the you know, the whatever. And it, I didn't get anything good. And they were like, have you already claimed them on Steam? I was like, yes. And they were like, tough shit. <laughs> so was, All right. Fair enough. I mean, I'm like, I, I really wasn't. I was just telling them that, like, they might want to, like, try to make those games less like where you're not going to get an entire fucking bundle full of them. Yeah. But th- but then again, yeah. they probably paid like ten cents for those keys and made some money off of it. Uh, whatever, whatever, United States or whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. What have you uh, you guys been playing? Anything interesting these past two weeks besides our game of the week, which we'll get to soon? Yes. Did we talk about? I was recently like uh, on my last stream on Sunday. I was I, like I did a couple streams recently where I was trying to beat my personal best in Blue Marlin speed running. And on Sunday, I played through Jaws for the NES for the first time ever. Beat that within like an hour, which was a pretty fun but really stupid game. <laughs> but I liked it. So then I actually did get a new personal best in Blue Marlin. But also during that time, shout outs to Jeremy from Yabspod because dude made me a new um, Be Right Back screen for my stream. Like, And I love this thing. It's really cool. So looking forward to adding that to my stream. So shout outs to Jeremy on that, man. Yeah, he did really good with it. It's a very cool little scene. I enjoyed it. He sent me that before he sent it to you, and he was like, I made this watching his stream. Because he's like, I'm going to have to tune in to uh, watch Nate more, man. He's a cool he's a cool stream. I like it. He's like, I made this. And I was like, bro, he would fucking love that. <laughs> he's like, okay. He goes, cool. When he's done streaming, I'll send it to him. I was like, yeah, you absolutely should. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Yabs Pod. Yet another BS podcast where you can hear me talk about more BS because it's a yet another bullshit podcast. Yeah, I've been listening <laughs> to that. Getting, I'm not all the way caught up yet, but it's been fun to listen to. I don't always agree with y'all's opinions and conclusions, but it's never so much where I'm like, I'm going to reach through this. I've got to write a letter to my congressman. It's more like, yeah, I can see where they get that oh, from. Oh, dude. Yeah, we've been waiting for somebody to be offended and write in. <laughs> like, that, I feel like that would be entertaining, but... Um, I should I should write you guys some questions. I feel like yeah, please. I know I had wrote one, and I don't know if it's gotten answered yet. Like I've had so much trouble listening to podcasts lately. Like I've just been so busy in general that it's been hard to find time for podcasts, which is sad. 
you on so many Skype meetings or Skype. Oh my God, what year is this? You're on so many Zoom and Google Meets and stuff lately that it's like, when are you supposed to listen to yeah. stuff for yourself? All right. All those. Because he's, he's onboarding with a, on a work for home yeah. job. So yeah, I did start young. a new job, which is taking up a lot of time, but I'm really thrilled about it because like I've been working in healthcare, um, not as a healthcare employee, but like as a, um, what do you on the on data, thank you. Yeah, I'm a numbers guy, data guy, and I've been working for them for like the last five years. And I just got a new job and started that last week. And I'm working for a, one of the big tech companies out in West Coast, but it's fully remote, and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's not one of the evil ones that you hear about. Like, it's not. I'm not working for Meta or Google or <laughs> anybody like that. It's a it's a name you may have heard, but probably not. When yeah, it's it's a business day. to business type company. So yeah. <laughs> So I have to ask: Does does your wife know about Do you date a guy? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> ah, yeah, dad jokes. We got dad jokes. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> um, uh, did we mention uh, Rogue? Did we talk about Rogue Legacy last week? Because me and Nate both played through I that game. Uh, no, y'all were y'all were playing that uh, the week after we last recorded. Yeah. So no. It was a really fun little game. It's a, it's a, it's one of those procedurally generated roguelite type games. You uh, go into a castle and you try to you know beat stuff up, get money. Uh, the kind of layouts are kind of a little Castlevania-ish, but cartoonier. And um, basically, every time you die, you use the money you gain from that life to purchase upgrades to your manor, which means your heir will be stronger. But each heir also has like genetic traits that some of them are good, some of them are negative, and there's like different character classes. And uh, it, it's fun. It's it's really straightforward. Like, I've seen uh, Paul Korn stream Rogue Legacy 2, and after watching him play that, Rogue Legacy 1 feels like a... Uh, it kind of feels like a sales pitch for the sequel. Like, this is a proof of concept almost. I, I believe this is the game that I popped in when Paul Korn was streaming it. And he was like a dude in a chef's outfit with a frying pan for a weapon. Yeah. I'm so sad the chef wasn't in the first game because that class looks wicked fun. It, yeah, that looks like a cool game. The frying pan, if you hit projectiles, it'll knock them back nice. at the enemy. So that's like really cool. It almost reminds me. Uh, I have a game called, I think it's Reventure. Yeah. That I think it might be the same style mm. of game. Um, I could be wrong. Reventure is more of a comedy thing. Oh, okay. So Rogue Legacy is a more serious thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's got a sense of humor to it, but it's more of a game game. Whereas Reventure felt more like... You're just getting the endings for yeah, class. Yeah, Reventure's a neat little concept for a game. I liked it. I, pl- I played a little bit of it. I haven't got all the endings. There's a lot of endings I'm a little worried about <laughs> I believe there's 100. I think there's literally 100. So it's it's up there with Star Ocean 2. <laughs> well, except it only takes you like an, uh, yeah. a minute or two to get each ending, because some of the endings are just die in lava or kill the guard that you see at the beginning of the castle and things yeah. like that. Oh. I'll never forget the first time I read that Star Ocean 2, which is a PlayStation 1 game, mind you, had like 100 or 102 different endings or something like that. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, how? That's wild. <laughs> which one is it? Star Ocean yeah, 2? Star Ocean 2. Um, 86 or 87 oh, endings, go. depending on how you count it. Holy shit. Yeah. Wild, dude. Absolutely wild. How many discs did this freaking game come on? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I think two. <laughs> I think two. One disc is um, just all the endings. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, what is it? Uh, is it Final Fantasy VIII that the final disc is just yeah. like Ultimacio's Castle, basically? Yeah, that is Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, ah, so I've been, discs. 
Right? Yeah, kids. By the way, there used to be these things called discs. <laughs> and it's fun because measuring games' lengths by how many discs they are is one of those weird retro things like how powerful your system is is how many bits it is. Oh, I remember being amazed. Uh, I think it was Star Ocean till the end of time, or it might have been uh, Infinite Infinite Undiscovery, I think. was. Anyway, it was a PS2 RPG that was two discs long. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Wait, you said PS2? PS2 disc, or PS2 game. So it was two DVDs yeah. long. So that's like 14 CD-ROMs. It's a long fucking game, dude. Yeah, I remember when they first went, oh, God, this, that just brings up memory holes. Like when we went from PS1 to PS2, the PS1, you'd flip them over, and they'd have that nice silver background. So we flipped over a PS2 game. It was kind of like that purpley, dark color on the yeah, back. Yeah, that, that, that like bluish sheen. Yeah. yeah. Like, ooh. But you know what's funny is like the PlayStation would either have that silver or like the black background and then the game the game yeah. sharks always had weird looking like when you flip your game shark I don't know if y'all had a game shark Did not. but you'd flip the game shark over and that disc always had like a weird almost like pearlescent hmm. look to it it was nice. yeah at least the one I had did Cheat devices could be an entire topic for a show by itself cuz I mean we did that game genie for the NES and you could like it had a little guide at the very front of the book that told you how to slightly edit the code so you could like basically put a slightly different variable in the same memory address. It didn't explain it like that, but now that I'm older, I realize that's what it's telling you to do. And like, so you could use it to like, if you modified the warp to world eight code in Mario, you could get it to warp to like a level nine that doesn't quite exist and it runs on garbage data like the negative world does. It was kind of neat. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the one for, uh, I had the one for Game Boy. They had a Game Genie for that, but they might have also had an action replay. Uh, I believe it was Game Genie. That sounds familiar to me. I, I remember. Did it let you? Do you put in like codes like alphanumeric or alphabetical characters at the start of the game before the game boots up? Like it boots up to the Game Genie screen, and it's like you could put in three or five codes or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And it was like a string of codes yeah, that the, would give you like a hundred Master Balls or whatever. Because I always used it for Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used it to uh, get the uh, what is it? The unknown. What the fuck was that? Thing? It was the glitch, the glitch Pokemon. Missing no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, missing no. Was it missing no? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because in gold they based the the creepy ones, the creepy Pokemon, the ones that were like the lettering and yeah, stuff. Unknown. It was kind of like the unknown. Oh, they were kind of like yeah. the ode to the missing no. Oh, I never thought about that. That makes sense because there's like all these different shapes within one species, and kind of like because missing no used glitch data, there were different ones, but they looked similar yet yeah. different. Like, the main one I remember was the one that kind of looked like a glitched-out L-shaped Tetris block. <laughs> yes, sir. That shit will fucking corrupt your game, kids. Don't save with those things. Or do if you're not a coward. Yeah, or yeah. Or, if you're, yeah, there you go. Have a whole team of them. Go fuck shit up. <laughs> Break the game. Get sucked into it. Become a haunted cart that they talk about on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> You're now a cre- <laughs> And then the Game Boy was red blood, even though it was not a Game Boy color. You best start believing in creepy pastas, mister. You're in one. <laughs> You're in one. <laughs> Dude, speaking of in color, my mind was blown today because I saw a little bit of footage from Link's Awakening. And mm. I didn't realize that that game had color on the Game Boy because when I first played it on my mom's one of my mom's best friends game boys that she had it was an original so there was no color yeah there was Link's awakening and Link's awakening dx and dx came out for the game boy color and i also think that Link's awakening dx was compatible with the super game boy so if you played it on a super nintendo the coloring looked really good on that as well 
okay that might have been what it was okay so i'm not crazy then in remembering that there was no color in that game yeah the original link's awakening did not have color it was just okay okay yeah she she had uh that uh the one of the game i think super Mar- is the super mario land that's on the game boy yep. she had that and then cubert nice and to this day i cannot fucking tell you how to play cubert i have no idea <laughs> Like I know you hop, you, you hop around on blocks. Yeah, that, I I don't know. Is it, I guess it's like a puzzle game, but I could not figure it out as a kid, and I haven't really played it since. <laughs> I think you're supposed to try to change them all to the same color, but I don't remember what. I mean, mostly you get hit by snakes and Cubert cusses. Yeah. And oh it's my fine. goodness, dude! We need to see if that shit's still in licensing or if it's like free to use because we could make Rubik's Cubert <laughs> and make it a a three dimensional style thing nice where you had to hop around oh god you're it's cubert but the cube is the movie cube oh shit oh trademark so kevin so kevin yeah, Smith TM, 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 TM. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so today as of today uh the new 2k the ww2k22 dlc dropped uh it was got? the bonsai pack which came with uh yokozuna rikishi Umaga, hmm. uh, and then for uh, some chick, no offense to her, no idea who she is, don't even know her name, um, <laughs> and and Almos. Now I don't know if you guys know who Almos is. Uh, he's a current yeah. WWE guy. He's like seven foot. Fuck, who knows? He's huge. And uh, do you remember the great Kali? Yes. <laughs> think think that okay so like i'm like oh yay somebody i'm not going to use but i'm thinking about making a stable with yokozuna rikishi umaga uh roman reigns actually i might keep rikishi out of it since he's not a bad guy but dude yokozuna umaga roman reigns and the usos and call it like the family since they're all related nice yeah be badass and then just have uh have the usos turn on rikishi bloody him up (laughs) make it good yeah, I'm a real nerd yeah. when it comes to playing wrestling games, bro. Like, I role play as Booker in my head and shit. Well, it's fun to do that, man. That's like one of the best ways to use those games is to kind of put away your own, like, fantasy booking and, yeah. you know, do the show the way you'd want it to be done. So I uh, I had all three uh, Rikishi, Yaku- Yakuza, <laughs> Jesus. Rikishi, Yokozuna, and Umaga to come out in the Royal Rumble that I was doing before we were going live. And uh, yeah, it crashed. <laughs> so, oh. try again later. too many big boys in the ring at once <laughs> I'm thinking that uh, I mean with the new DLC they're probably going to have to like release an update in a day or two to fix some things that the DLC adds that probably causes crashes I don't know you know games would be weird like that Yeah. but uh, I'm having a blast with it I, I still I love the 2k games I've already put uh, 95 hours into this game nice. <laughs> which I'm sure like again like probably like 20 of those is poop in time but you know <laughs> still counts uh i've also been fucking around with uh, some dragon age origins and dragon's dogma i've been in a dragon mood since i got i i'm i'm about ready to delete that mod pack for skyrim because every time i load it up and i start playing like i have fun but then in the back of my mind i'm like dude you still got those three achievements that you could have had in that last playthrough but the game fucking glitched and who's and who's to say it's not going to glitch again so part of me wants to download a save from Nexus that has all the achievements unlocked Yeah, because I know I've done them and then just load that save, pop all the achievements, uninstall it for a while, go play Oblivion instead. Do it. And if I delete this mod pack, it'll free up about 180 gigs. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, How many discs is that? <laughs> a lot. Oh, dude. That, we just did a callback to Reservoir Dogs. That How many discs is that? A lot instead of dicks. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was a that was a layered little yeah, thinker this, there. This 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 disc. It'd be a lot. It, yeah. Oh man! Call uh, back to the uh, Patreon on the Discord. <laughs> yeah, on the Discord. Um, I'm sure he's gonna want to talk about Nick Arcade on probably on Yeb's pod, but like Jeremy was talking about how Paramount Plus has a bunch of shows. And he mentioned Nick Arcade. It kind of put me in a little reverie of old video game game shows. I was watching, I, I, I barely remembered it, but I remembered enough that I could Google it. There was a show called Video Power. And that show was absolutely bonkers because I was a kid and I didn't really realize it. But the host was like, super duper mega coked up at all times. Oh, I, was, I was about to ask if this was the one with the cocaine pirate. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so the, the guy's name was Johnny Arcade, and he had a like vanilla ice haircut that made his head look like it was about two heads tall. Kind of awesome. Uh, he kind of acted almost normal during the first segment, but by the time they were actually having the kids play games and do trivia and stuff, he was like completely manic and running around, like spinning the kids around and shit. It was really wild and in retrospect, kind of uncomfortable, but also <laughs> kind of crazy because he seemed harmless, but like a complete lunatic. The harmless lunatic. It's a good wrestling gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that's. But I mean, it was. I was going to say I I checked out some of the clips that y'all were posting, and uh, yeah, that that shit looked insane, dude. I don't remember that show though. I don't know why I remember it because it would have run like a little early for me, but maybe it was on in reruns for a little while. But like the the main thing I really remember was the grand prize at the end of the game was you got this Velcro vest and helmet and just ran like hauled ass through this like McDonald's play place full of video games, sticking whatever you could to your shirt. And you just got to keep whatever you had at the end when the time ran out. Hell yeah. It's just like I always fantasized about doing something like that when I was a kid, man. It was like, it seems so cool. What, uh, what, what prompted, damn, I couldn't think of that word. What prompted me to look into Paramount Plus was actually a couple months ago or Maybe a month ago, I don't know. Time's weird. Uh, whenever Nate was streaming uh, SpongeBob, yeah, I had I had a hankering oh, yeah. for watching some SpongeBob, so I went and subscribed to Paramount Plus and asked me how much SpongeBob I've watched since. How then. much SpongeBob you watched since then? None. <laughs> eh. uh, I take that back. I think I maybe watched one episode, yeah. but like I, uh, yeah, it's it. There's so much cool shit on Paramount Plus. I think I ended up watching some Comedy Central stuff instead on there. Uh, Reno 911. Some of those old comedy Central Presents stand up specials from the yes, 90s. Yes, dude. Some of those are fantastic. I wish they showed them more. Yeah. These days, I think Comedy Central is pretty much the office. I would, yeah, I wouldn't know. I haven't had cable in like a lot of years. Of comedy Central was just Airheads. Yeah. Yeah, lots of movies, and especially Airheads. Airheads and twi- Twice Bitten and uh, a couple others. PCU. Do y'all, speaking of Twice Bitten, do y'all remember the the movie where Jim Carrey was in it? And yeah, um, he was a vampire or I'm sorry, a vampire was in love with him. It was called Once Bitten, right? And there was a song in that movie that gets randomly stuck in my head from time to time. Cannot find it anywhere. Right. I mean, I'm sure the clip of this is on YouTube, but as far as like this being like on a soundtrack or something, can't find it anywhere. And all I remember is the chorus. It's a very 80s song. It's a very 80s movie. And Jim Carrey was young as fuck. And the song's like. This is the movie I was thinking oh, of, actually, it? yeah. Okay, yeah, and the song's like, yeah. hands off, because he belongs to me, hands off. He's my uh, he's my private property, hands <laughs> off. 
I'm telling oh you one That's last time. That boy is mine. And it it is such a cheesy 80s song, but it is catchy as fuck. Like the beat to it and stuff. And it just plays in my, the chorus plays in my head. I'll be sitting here playing video games, just grooving. <laughs> like this fucking song playing in my head. But that movie's weird, man. But like though. Jim Carrey, I think that might have been one of his first movies. Like he was young, dude. Uh, probably fresh yeah. off of uh, In Living Color. Yeah. Looks like the song is called Hands Off by Maria Vidal. Maria Vidal. All right. Well, I'm, or maybe Vital. I don't know. Don't worry. Dalton won't remember that any of that by the time we're done recording. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I'll have to find that in uh, in post and while I'm editing and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Go and listen to it. Um, one other thing I was going to bring up is that I've been having a, uh, a very big nostalgia trip recently playing Final Fantasy XI. And it rem- I've seen you on there a bunch, man. It's, it's a good, it's a fun little game, dude. And I've just been discovering things that they've added since the last time that I played back in the day. Like uh, when I was last playing this, it was on Xbox 360. So to give you the time frame, I started playing this game when it was on PS2. Uh, but it reminded me of a story that so long time ago, I used to play this game with my friend Emmett, and me and him were best friends for years. He was a homeschool kid, but like he was a cool, dude. Um, and we always played this. Me, him, and his brother. Now. I ended up meeting this girl named Mavis through Emmett and she ended up becoming my first serious girlfriend. Right. And Emmett was like super into this girl, but she ended up being super into me and I liked her too. Here we go. And yeah, it ended up me and him's friendship ended over a conversation in final fantasy (laughs) 11. He he basically wrote me and was like, yeah, dude, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because she likes you and not me, and that's bullshit and like all this type of stuff. So, I, was, I just want to know how you found people named Emmett and Mavis in 21st century. <laughs> Does she teach typing? Is she half Dracula? Uh, well, Emmett, Emmett, uh, that was a that was a very um, Southern Christian f- family. They they lived on a farm. They had a bunch of sheep. Like they were like old school type people. So like that name. That's one of those named after an old grandfather type. Yeah. And Mavis. I don't know. I figured it was some other language for cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. Sorry. No, I shouldn't use that word. I'll use bitch instead. Um, But but yeah, no, I only say that because she tried to have me beat up when we broke up. (laughs) She had like three dudes try to come beat me up, but she underestimated me. (laughs) Anyways, that's that's a story for another time. Um, one other little note. Uh, I have two more little notes. And if you guys feel free to tell me to shut up and jump in with your own stuff. But one thing that I thought was interesting and might be fun for us to play it together sometime is uh, Seven Days to Die got added to Game Pass. All right. Now, do you guys, do either of you know much about Seven Days to Die? No. The, the title is familiar, but I don't know what it okay, is. Okay, so... Nate, you've recently been dipping your balls into Valheim. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, so you know how Valheim's like uh, crafting and uh, stuff with Vikings, kind of like, you know. Yeah. So Seven Days to Die is basically like everything is decrepit like Fallout, but there hasn't been a nuclear explosion. It's just a zombie. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Zombie. Apocalypse. Yeah, sure. Zombie plague, zombie apocalypse. It's like, so the premise is they du- they dump you in, and you have to go around and find you know th- things to survive. But every 
No, I think the the game itself, like on normal mode, is seven days. I set it to thirty days because I like to have more time to prep. But there is a thing: one month to die. Yeah, one month to die. Twenty-eight days and later. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. Exactly what I was going for, sir. Thank you. And the uh, blood moon or the red moon or one of the other um, you know scary moons <laughs> that are out there. The harvest uh, moon. Is that the, the harvest. Is that the one that respawns all the bokoblins? <laughs> basically uh so okay when you're when you're playing the game like walking around zombies are like walking around like zombies do and they come at you and you got to like hit them in the head with a shovel or shoot them in the head you know you got to just kill and knock them down um but whenever this moon happens they all can run oh god (laughs) and and they all can come at you and like really do some damage and the horde comes basically so you and your friends have whatever time limit you set for your server to get supplies together and then pick somewhere like a house or something and fortify that motherfucker so that you guys can survive whenever this thing happens. That sounds like it can be really and, intense in a good way. And then you can move on. Yeah. Yeah, it can be because it's like right there down at the end. It's like, oh, dude, they're going to be coming in two hours. Put, dude, uh, we got to keep getting it. No, <laughs> put, the, put the spike down trap here. You know, spike trap. I don't know. I said that like Yoda, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> spike trap down here. I think we'll put exactly i think it'd be a fun game hey why did you sound like yoda being a poo (laughs) crossover we didn't know we needed (laughs) um but yeah i think that would be a fun game for us to play sometime seven days to die and i actually don't know how many people are allowed in a server i'm down that sounds really interesting actually but uh that could be a game that we could get a few people in and see what we could do for sure um the only other thing of note is that since the last time we talked i took over uh Hosting duties for the JRPG report. No big deal. So, I uh, I wanted to tell everybody that if you if you didn't know that, um, by all means, check me out on there. It's a family friendly show, so you can listen to it around your kids. It's fine. Uh, I get all my dirtiness out on this show and especially on Yab's Pod. So, like <laughs> when I do JRPG report, it's it's relatively easy for me to just kind of be not cursive well, what's it like running C- cursing what's it like being in charge of three video game podcasts now uh two video game podcasts and a video game-esque podcast um <laughs> it's fun i mean honestly i like talking like you know what i'm saying like i like doing this um i would like to parlay this into like a like a doing voice over acting you know or something like that so it, it doesn't bother me like it's more practice you know i get more practice editing and yeah. stuff like that it's, it's fun um i was I was telling you guys before I did the JRPG, I've been doing this podcast for almost two years. Uh, I've been doing Yapspod for a, a little bit now, but like I felt like I was ready. I was like, hell yeah. And then I was getting ready to record that first episode of JRPG report and I was nervous as fuck. I don't know why. I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about it and Nate, you made a good point where you were like, well, you, you know, respect the show and you respect James. You want to do a good job and all that. And I was like, you son of a bitch. That's probably exactly what yeah. it is. Also, the, also, another big difference. I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong, that the JRPG report is a more scripted podcast, where this and the Abspot are more go with the flow kind of thing. So it's a little bit yep. more structured than you're used to doing for a recording. Yeah, yeah, and um, scripted, I wouldn't. Well, it's it's a lot of me reading, yeah, because it's like I'm just going through the news, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and giving you, like, basically people who don't want to go and read these websites to learn all this stuff can just listen to this, you know, thirty minute podcast, and I'll give them all the stuff that they would want to know about JRPGs in the news. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's a little different and doing it by myself, you know, 
uh, is interesting. But that style of show, I feel like, is easier to do by myself because again i'm just reading and doing yeah. things like that whereas i'm not trying to articulate like your, it's not like your solo episodes your of objection. this show <laughs> yeah i like your objection to the uh, word scripted there like it's not scripted it just has predetermined outcomes <laughs> but you can't fake gravity okay <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it okay i don't let me, hold on let me look on oh, that's, okay about an hour and okay yeah gonna clip that okay anyway <laughs> um, uh damn that was good i lost my fucking train of thought uh <laughs> got him son of oh i done lost where my notes pulled up at all that i'm all flustered now it gave me it gave me I the vapors that was your was last uh, yeah that was your last thing like your yeah, your yeah it's just a we were on jrp a, report yeah check me out on the jrpg report if that's your type of thing um oh oh I, one more thing I brought it up in uh, mail. Okay, so everybody remembers uh, Maelstrom Radio. Shout out to Maelstrom Radio when they uh, had me and Ryan on at the beginning of the show to kind of tell everybody what we were doing the show and everything. I'd like to get on there again with us and have a chat with those guys. That'd be fun uh, to give them an update on how the show's going. But anyways, that's beside the point. I brought up in there that I was taking over the JRPG report because uh, Susan, who runs the Discord over there, like just tags me and she's like, Hey, you're doing a second podcast. You should tell us about it. So I was like, okay. So I you know, typed out Yab's pod and I was like, uh, Oh, I'm also taking over the JRPG report. And it blew my mind that somebody in that discord commented and they were like, Whoa, uh, change of, uh, change of guard on one of my podcasts. And I was like, well, you listen to the JRPG report. He's like, yeah, man. He goes, I guess I'll be listening to you soon. I was like, <laughs> Oh, small world, man. That's cool. That's cool. He's probably heard nice. you before then on that show. Yeah. Yeah, he probably he probably has if he listens to the Sunday specials. For sure. You guys want to hear something that dumb that of isn't course. really interesting? This is so uninteresting. I didn't put it in my notes, but I just saw it in front of me and wanted to comment on it. Because last night I went to McDonald's and they were pretty much out of everything. You know, one of, sometimes they end up in out of everything situation, but they don't have any of like the cups, but they have most of the normal yeah. stuff. Like they have food, but not yeah. half the wrappers yeah. or whatever. I got I got six chicken nuggets there, right? And he serves me in this, this thing, and I'm like, "Oh, cool! They serve it. In, they serve nuggets in a little pot now instead of the box." No, this is supposed to be the Bolton McCafe oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> it strangely works. They should consider using this form that's factor. Probably, kind of I they it. probably don't because it's probably more expensive material because that's supposed designed to hold a hot food, like a hot liquidy it food. Is, so yeah, I don't think nice. they. I think it probably would be very cost inefficient to use for nuggets. I feel. I feel like an idiot because even after you said McDonald's, I was like, oh, it's a chili cup. (laughs) It's not Wendy's. McDonald's doesn't have have chili. Chali. What the fuck is Chali? I can't talk. Jesus Christ. I do this for Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna. (laughs) Your balls are showing. It does look like a, it does look like a, it could fit some chili in there though. Man, now I kind of want Wendy's chili. You've cursed me. I, I always have people tell me, like, you know, this shit's just beef from the the day before. And I'm like, even if it's from two days before, I don't care. That shit's good. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> oh no i'm preventing food waste i know terrible. right god fuck me please <laughs> <laughs> all right gentlemen let's get into uh our game of the week uh, i guess it's the game of the two two yeah. weeks ah whatever i'm gonna call it the game of the week still Do it. um coible space you program call it that, you coward which i knew i was forgetting something and that was pulling up 
the Wikipedia. Oh. So yeah. while I do that, I'm going to sit here and pretend like I already have it pulled up. And Kerbal Space Program is a spaceflight simulation game developed by Mexican Developer Squad. Oh, is that the name of the... I'm sorry. It, it, yeah, there's it was uh, hyperlinked. So I wasn't sure where the name of the... <laughs> I was like looking for the hyperlink for the name to begin. Okay, so the Mexican Developer Squad... For Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Linux, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Pause. I think it was Jeff that got this on console. I think so. I can't imagine trying to play this on console. I cannot imagine it. That seems like an awful experience. <laughs> there are a lot of there buttons. so many game. buttons. Oh, yeah. When you, when you uh, pinned the controller layout for the keyboard, I was like, God damn. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I have, I have some show notes about that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, in the game, players direct a nascent space program staffed and crewed by green humanoid aliens known as Kerbals, or as I like to call them, green minions. <laughs> the game features a realistic orbital physics engine, allowing for various real-life orbital maneuvers, such as the Hohmann transfer orbits and orbital rendezvous. Uh, the first public release was released digitally on Squad's Kerbal Space Program storefront on June 24th. 2011 and joined steam early access in 2013 uh the game was released out of beta in 2015 and it has support for user created mods that we will talk about later but it also has support for user created mods that add new features which Mm. i did not see any of those i didn't check any of those out now i'm like oh there's a ton of those a lot of the most famous ones are the ones that make it to where it does the calculation for the delta v and stuff for you before you launch a rocket so you can kind of have an idea of how much power you have oh that's cool i think they've integrated some of that into the game at this point but it used to be definitely that uh one called mechanical jeb was like the most popular nice. one um, for that are there are there packs that add parts i assume okay yeah and there's even mods that um, change the solar system. So it's like realistic solar system or like uh, sci-fi worlds. Well, one thing I didn't realize about this game until we started going into it for sales, I got it looked it up on Steam and there's a sequel to it. Is there what? I'm pretty sure I saw a Kerbal Space Program too. I might be going insane. Uh, well, while you guys are looking at that. Um, yeah, there's Kerbal Space I Program do- too. Huh. Scheduled yeah, for release in 2022. So, How about that? Son of a bitch. No, that's something for to look forward to. I did, like, did not realize that was coming out. But hey, Dalton, I want to add that to your um, draft. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's coming out this year. That's not a bad idea. Um, I, the, the reason I was asking about the parts mods is because some of the mods that I would download, even when I was in creative mode, so all the shit's unlocked, it was tell me it would tell me uh, you don't have all the parts to use this ship. So like, there are some mods that I downloaded I didn't get to try. Mm. I think some of them are based on DLC. Yeah, that also. Makes sense. Oh, there's DLC for this game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. That is also probably a big possibility. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into that more in the little mod section that I have. But uh, yeah, popular. Uh, oh yeah, here you go, Willie. Popular mods have received support and inclusion in the game by Squad. Uh, people such as Scott Manley and scientists in the space industries have taken an interest in this game, including NASA, the European Space Agency. Uh, United Launch Alliance CEO Tori Bruno and Peter Beck CEO and CTO of Rocket Lab. Interesting. Uh, 2007 uh, was the last part. Uh, squad. Uh, 2017 Squad announced that the game was purchased by video game company Take Two Interactive. 
uh, who will help support squad in keeping the console version up to date alongside the personal computer version. Wow. Somebody typed out personal computer. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. I didn't. Re- I had to. <laughs> Your IBM compatible MS DOS personal computer. I read through that. Like I was just going to blow through that. Then I'm like, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Personal computer. I haven't heard that in forever. Uh, an enhanced edition of this game was released for Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and for the PlayStation hmm. 5 and the Xbox Series X and S in September 2021 by Private Division, which is a publishing subsidiary of Take-Two Interactive. Uh, two expansions were released as downloadable content, Making History and Breaking Ground, and a sequel has been announced. Son of a bitch. Well, there you go. If I'd have finished reading this... <laughs> <laughs> I'd have learned all kinds of shit. I didn't know it had DLC. Didn't know it was two. It's all there. This is why we'd read the O dubs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the O dubs. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, Willie, I know you know the most about this game. So, I'm going to hold off on you for a second. No problem. Nate, our first impressions of this game. I would like to hear yours, sir. <laughs> oh, my first impressions were a oh, huge amount of frustration. <laughs> This game does, in my opinion, does a really bad job at guiding beginners into how to play or get started in the game at all. And so, like, I remember I first started trying to just figure out how to do anything and just struggling to understand it. There's an in-game tutorial, but I swear that thing felt like I was reading something about Herman Melville or something. (laughs) It was just, I don't know. It was really hard to get into this game. Oh, dude, the tutorial is very much, you know, I always heard jokes because I had a buddy of mine who used to play this in early access and he would always joke that like, if you want to be good at this game, you have to learn rocket science and like uh, projection and air aeronautical, uh, for, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, ah, surely it can't be that in depth. I was wrong. This game is super fucking in depth. It's super fucking in depth. Yeah. Like, this game is a simulator much in the way that Ultimate Fishing Simulator is not. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is like if Ultimate Fishing Simulator was like, you know, took three hours to get a fish and then <laughs> got caught in the weeds. And, oh, yeah, you mean like Ultimate then, Fishing like, Simulator 2? <laughs> Zing. So we didn't know. Oh, hold on. Pause on the Kerbal. Let's yeah, go there for on. a second. How come we haven't talked about UFS Let's 2 yet? Let's go there for a second. Yeah, the playtest. I am so mixed bag on that fucking playtest. Yeah, dude. Like, like, I just, I don't know, man. I think that they should have. I, I understand that Bit Golem probably moved on to do their own thing with the Tales from Herring Lake, but to pick the company that's done Fishing Adventure to do Ultimate Fishing Simulator too, I'm like, did y'all even play Fishing Adventure? Like, uh, I'm talking about like the the uh, the the P word. I can't think of the fucking producers the production company whatever the fuck i'm trying to think of public thank you fucking thank you willie yes publisher dude i've it's been a long day i am so sorry <laughs> um it's cool i got some words hey, i appreciate that because i am lacking words right now uh the yep mind blank what were we talking about oh yeah ultimate fishing simulator 2 like dude the uh i played for 45 minutes <laughs> didn't catch one fish not even a nibble not even one came near my bait they would swim or I could see him swimming by. They showed no interest. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? I don't know. Because like, I doubt you did much different than from what I did. And I ended up catching, I think, three fish in my 45 minutes of playing the game. But like 
that is such a bad experience compared compared to Ultimate Fishing Simulator One. Like, I get that it's probably more realistic that you're not going to catch a fish that often when you're out fishing, but good God, I'm playing a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ultimate Fishing Simulator 1 had such great pacing where it's like, even if the fish were slightly unrealistically, magnetically attracted to your bait, at least you were doing something for a lot of the time. And like, it still had, it was still chill enough that it still had that cool, chill, hangout fishing vibes, but it wasn't just like long stretches where nothing. Yeah, and Ultimate Fishing Simulator 2, I don't know if they plan on adding it, has zero controller support at the moment. Which having something held in my hand makes fishing feel more like fishing than my keyboard and mouse. You know what I mean? And that felt like that was a pretty big missed opportunity. And the one thing that it's really missing, which I can't call a real critique of the game, but is the online radio. Oh, dude, I know. No underground 80s. I mean, you can open up whatever. That's not not a real critique. Browser. (laughs) Soma.fm for anybody who wants to go check it out. Soma.fm. That was Um, yeah. That was the good. I have it. I have it bookmarked actually (laughs) on my on my. uh, I actually switched over to Brave from Chrome, but uh, the uh, yeah, dude. When I was playing it, it just feels like. And again, it's a play test. I I keep trying to remind myself that this is a play test for them to get feedback. So I might reinstall it because I got mad at it. <laughs> so I might reinstall it, play it a little more, and then write them some feedback. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll be nice about it. You know, I'm not going to be like, fucking hate this game. It's stupid as shit. But I'll be like, hey, these are the things that I think are lacking compared to the first game. Here's the things you could work on. Controller support, please. And uh, I don't know. I sent. I had taken some screenshots back when this the demo of this first came out. And I compared them to what we were looking at. And I know, Nate, you agreed with me. The screenshots I took in the beginning, yeah, they looked better. They did. I don't know what they're doing yeah. over there, man, honestly. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated because everybody knows how much we love the first game randomly. Yeah. So I have hopes still that this, when it releases, will be decent. If not, though, we still have the first game. Yep. Please give support to the Sega Dreamcast fishing <laughs> controller. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, back to Kerbal. Um, so my first experience with this game and, uh, my experience didn't change a whole lot, but it was, hey, rocket go boom, the simulator, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I would build, okay. So right off the bat, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I built something that apparently made Willie. It was like Willie's new favorite thing it was, I built a really long, tall rocket and I put landing gear under it. And down the top of it, just in case. <laughs> and uh, it was wonderful. It flew. It got up into the air. I didn't make it out of orbit, but it got up into the air, which I was happy with. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I just the, the idea to put landing gear on, like airplane style landing gear, on the bottom and the top of the rocket, just in case it gets turned over, was like that is you're preparing for something. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but you're prepared oh, dude, for it. If I didn't have wings down the side, it had wheels all around it. That way, like wherever it landed, it could roll. Like, like yeah, fuck. I, I was just being safe because I, I knew for sure I was getting to the moon, which did not happen. Yeah, it's harder than it looks. It's, it's a multiple step process. It isn't just rocket yeah. straight up to the moon. I will moon. say after first impressions and everything, we did end up having a night where Willie and me and Dalton had our space camp night where Willie was giving us more information on how to play the game and how to actually make the game make sense. He did a really good job of informing us of all the different features in the game and how to actually do things to make things work. 
Yeah. I think there's a lot of beginner traps in this game because the first thing you see when you start the game is like what mode you want to play, career, science, or sandbox. And if you're new to the game, the temptation is to go, well, sandbox sounds a little consequent, so I'm going to pick that first. But like the career mode actually kind of almost has a built-in tutorial because you don't get parts that you'll blow yourself up with early on. You get like only enough basic, basic parts to make a really basic ship. Yeah, whereas I jumped right into sandbox and was just like, Let's see yeah. what I can build. I mean, you you built some beautiful disasters. That's for sure. That's, that's my that's my thing, man. Yeah, see, I also went directly into sandbox, and I just could not figure out how to do anything. When we first started. Yeah, I, I it took me to space camp to learn that I could adjust the throttle. Mm-hmm. Like I I thought it was max or nothing at yep. all. <laughs> Z and X. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the keys. So that was me and Dalton's first experience. Like, I know Willie, you played this game. You've been playing this game for years. Yeah. How? When did you first come across it, and what were your experiences like? It would have been a really long time ago. I think I probably would have heard about it first on the Something Awful forums. And it just, like, maybe saw, like, someone post a video of it or something. I thought, hey, that looks neat. Let me check it out. But, yeah, um, it was, like, my first impression of it was it was kind of hard to tell if it was a full simulator or if it was kind of, like, an arcade game because it had that cute aesthetic and stuff. And it kind of turns out it's kind of in between because it has realistic physics, but the world is, like, it's a fictionalized solar system and the way that the atmosphere and the scale of everything works, it's a lot simpler than if you wanted to launch an actual rocket from the yeah. Earth to the actual moon. Like the diameters of stuff is smaller, the gravity's more intensely localized and like uh, the atmosphere is like, they call it pea soup atmosphere because it's mega thick at the bottom. Like I think that's one of the things you run into when you first start building rockets, especially is just at the very, like when you're at zero meters from sea level, you're like, the, the moment you start accelerating, you're getting all yeah, this drag. draft or uh, friction to where you're, yeah, drag, thank you. I don't know why I said draft, but it's so like, it, you know, it kind of intensifies that effect a little bit, but it's also so you don't have to get through the real world's amount of atmosphere, which is, I think, a lot more than the 70 kilometers it is in. Uh, yeah, and I think that was a good call to make it a little bit simpler than real life because there's so many factors because I don't think that weather on, um, the um Kerbin mattered. I don't think it, you could take off and there'd be a windstorm that would push your rocket several directions out of the royal, right. which I feel like could happen in the real world and Earth. So I think that it was a nice idea for them to simplify it just a little bit because rocket science is already hard enough. Why make it? Why give us more stuff to contend with? Exactly. I think it 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 makes it to where you you know what your next goal is mm-hmm. too. I feel like so. Like when I first learned the game, I'm like, okay, first I'm going to make something go up. And I'm like, well, I'm going to aim at the moon and just fire it. But then I had to learn like, okay, that's not what you got to do. How do we, how do we get there? And, you know, finding out that, you know, you want to make a circular orbit around the planet and then you can do a maneuver to thrust over to it when you're at a certain point in your orbit and stuff. And it gets complicated, but like, it's a fun kind of complicated. So speaking of uh, circling around the orbit, I got to, I got to bring up, I, I, I had a launch. I had used a, a pre-made, I think it was a mod ship. And it, oh, I take that back. It was a space plane, which I don't even know if we've gotten into that mm-hmm. yet. Um, but uh, I used one of those. I find, I managed to actually figure out how to get it to take off and get up into, and I got it into space. I even took picture proof for you guys that I had a successful orbit lined up and I was about to go into it and everything. And I'm like, hell yeah. So I'm in my room. My mom comes in, we pack a bowl, we start smoking a bowl. And I'm talking with her and I'm looking at my ship and I'm like, man, my camera's being weird. And I realize my ship is upside down, but flying towards the moon. So I was like, 
Well, I could write that. So I turned off the uh, stability sensor. I righted myself best I could, and then I turned my stability sensor back on. So I was righted, and then I was going towards the moon. And I turned back around to my mom, because this has been going now for like 10 minutes, just flying straight in space. So I'm like, all right, I'll just let it keep going. So we're talking, and we're smoking this bowl, and my mom just looks at the screen and goes, oh, it looks like your ship's on fire. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I turned and looked at the screen, and my ship was surrounded in the flame that is when it's uh, coming back through the atmosphere. Yeah. And I was rapidly losing altitude. And I was like, what happened? What? It was, it was going so well. What happened? <laughs> and yeah, straight down the fucking no parachute on this ship. Just boom, blew the fuck up. It wasn't even over an ocean. I don't know if I had flown past the ocean over more land or what, but. You flew over the ocean. I'm looking at the picture now. I can, I can actually tell what happened. No. I don't know. It's just all of a sudden I just went phew, out of the sky when I righted myself. I should have just flown upside down. So. <laughs> well, I think what happened is it looks like you, you got the ship high up enough that you could start burning to circularize your orbit, but it was still like um, one. It was a wide arc that was eventually coming back down. Uh, so I didn't straighten out enough then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You would when you got to the very top, like at the where it says AP and the little act node there, like at that point, you kind of want to burn in a straight forward direction, and that should help like circularize it. Uh, okay. I never really got to showing you that point because we kind of got more focused in on the uh, basics of getting a launch out of the atmosphere, and you, we all succeeded in getting yeah. out of the atmosphere. Yeah, at the very so least. Semi space camp was successful. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a real bummer if we had a game called Kerbal Space Program and none of us got to space. Yeah, but I don't think none did. of us made it to the moon, but we all made it to space. That's just, that's an achievement <laughs> for the land of Kerbin. Yeah, I think Kerbin. Yeah, I think Kerbin is the, the planet. Kerbal and Kerbal, I think, with an O L ah, is the sun. And moon is spelled M U N. Moon. The moon. Yeah. Um. Moon. So. Before I start bringing up some ridiculous mod ships that I saw, uh, did you guys build anything? Like we already talked about the one that I built. Did you guys, either of you, build any uh, ridiculous rockets? Yeah, I definitely did. I sent it in our chat last night because I was I was trying to do this one mission where I had to launch, uh, had to activate a specific um, engine in a specific region in space. So I was trying to build this huge rocket with so many different pieces to be able to get up there and then still retain that one piece so I could activate it while I was in the right altitude. Well, I was able to make it to the altitude without that piece, but I couldn't build a rocket that could. But if you go back up and look at the picture that I posted, this was a rocket with like 12 stages. It was so big that on in the um, building area, it clipped into the ground because it was so tall. <laughs> He had to actually upgrade his launch pad before it would let him use this rocket because it was too I many to, parts and too I also had to end up upgrading the um, build zone, too. It's so, oh, wow. I called it the Widowmaker because the whole the concept part was is, like no one was going to survive that ship. <laughs> the best part is he only used uh, vertical decoupling. He didn't do like a stage where he strapped four to the side of it or something like that. So it is just a tall, tall, well, yeah, this was, tall. This was in career mode, so this is all that I had. 
Oh, you didn't no, have just, just using what I had. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's not like me in Sandbox, where it was just like, <laughs> let's build a super tall rocket. Because mine was, you know, in Sandbox mode, you have the biggest build room or yeah. whatever the fuck. And yeah, my, the tip of mine touched the roof and the bottom was like touching the floor. So it was like just fucking huge. So, like, I was actually impressed that I was able to get like over 300,000, almost to 400,000 meters above the... um earth i'm just gonna say earth it's easier above the earth <laughs> so i was well outside of the atmosphere at that point yeah i was gonna say you got way higher than i did well, it was just a ridiculous set of solid fuel boosters baby <laughs> <laughs> i i had a rocket after uh willie explained the couplings and all of those um i had a rocket that i built that somewhere i fucked up because when i tried to launch it the uh not the rockets on the bottom, but the rocket that I had in a coupling in the middle of the ship fired first. And then like, so I know when you highlight over the part, it shows you where in the coupling yeah. part or section and the order. So I tried to arrange that best I could. And even, even still like with the one that's supposed to go off, right? My pockets on the bottom is where it's supposed to be. I would hit launch and it would go and go nowhere it would just sit there dude that's because your it ship was too heavy because like my last build that i had on mine i hit the space bar to make it launch and let the fuel run out it got about 300 meters above ground before i had to use the <laughs> next fuel tank <laughs> oh that's a classic experience man you end up building adding more shit to the back of your rocket but each one is so heavy that each new one only yeah. gets you 100 yards or so um so I, I sent some pictures of some to you guys uh, of the yeah. mod ships that I came across uh, in the Steam Workshop. Now I'm sure that there are mods available on other websites and things like that, but this just the workshop is where I was at. Um, so not only can you find basically any fucking sci-fi ship that's ever been in any sort of media, yeah, someone has created it for Kerbal Space Program. I promise. Um, in fact, it was the uh, one of the one of the Enterprise ships in particular. Um, I tried to take mm. off with it, and it had so many parts that it slowed my computer <laughs> to a crawl. Oh, I remember you sent us that one where you had the uh, Millennium Falcon. Uh. Yeah, I managed to get that somewhat out of the atmosphere <laughs> before it like started to fall. So I'm hitting space. Okay, so that was something cool with that ship, although it was not helpful in the slightest. So my rockets ran out, right? And I'm starting to lose altitude. I'm like, oh, fuck, let me kick in the other ones. And I start hitting space and it doesn't kick in any other engines. But those little things that look like guns on top would fire lasers. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so like I'm falling to my death, just shooting that. lasers into space. <laughs> like like I, I just pictured the Kerbal in there just hitting the wrong buttons. Which button is it? <laughs> and they did not find it in time. That's my boy, Jim. <laughs> Uh, oh, but yeah, man. man, there's there's all kinds of shits. But some that I found, uh, there was the the grievous mono wheel. <laughs> now I can't even begin to tell you how this thing would work. No, um, I don't know how you build this, how you make it fly, but it's cool. <laughs> th th this is one of the ones that said uh, I didn't have the parts for it, but yeah, it looks like a giant wheel, and I can't imagine how that thing would get up into space. But if you just drove it around on ground, maybe, <laughs> because that that leads me to somebody made a Range Rover. Uh, <laughs> that I, I'm very curious how because they have screenshots of it on the moon working headlights and everything so I'm very 
interested in how the fuck that works too but that was another one party wonders is there a um part of the game where you t- can take things in a rocket to somewhere like are there rovers in the game because it yeah. seems like that would probably be a rover yep yeah it's it's literally a rover but it's that's a range awesome. rover because oh, that's probably the mono that makes more sense. Too, dalton yeah that makes way more sense okay um there was the let me try to pronounce this because it's german fuck <laughs> Um, which <laughs> which is a house uh, just, just a house not even a particularly hey. good it looks like Nathan's Valheim house it, uh, it's made by someone named Juggernoob <laughs> which is a tremendous that's name that's great but uh, this this looks like there's trees and shit so that's on earth uh, but again I, oh okay craft type base so are there bases you can build then I have personally never got good enough at the game to build bases okay, anywhere. But, okay, so that but that, but that might be a thing then. Okay, that makes more sense than like. But like people that are. Oh, go ahead. One thing people that are really talented like to do is they like build like a uh, like an orbital an orbital space station oh, around the planet, and then once you get out of orbit or once you get up in orbit, you can dock with it and drain fuel off of it, and then you'll have a ton wow. of fuel for the rest of your mission. Oh shit! There's a lot to this game that I don't know about. That no kidding. This game was deep, okay. dude. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I feel like even though we barely scratched the surface, like that, I don't know if actually doing everything would have given us a ton of extra stuff to talk about for the podcast. Yeah. And I do feel like it's still a game I'm just going to go right back to and probably next time we have an episode, I'll be like, by the way, I landed on the Mars equivalent planet, which I've never done before. I've landed on the That'd moons be cool. before, but never on uh, the any planetaries before. So, so the next one that unfortunately I wasn't able to use because I needed DLC was called definitely not a fridge. <laughs> and to look at this thing, it is 100% a fridge and it looks like it can fit Jeb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He just got his head poking just out of the fridge in the freezer in the fridge. And that was just fucking hilarious. Uh, there was a powered exoskeleton, which now knowing that there's stuff that you can do on the moon that makes that cool yeah look it's a craft so type can... on there it says rover mm-hmm. robotics so it's a rover that's really cool hell yeah run around in a mech suit and there were a few different mechs um there's, there's the station that looks like a giant wrestling <laughs> ring that just the i shared this more for the fucking picture they decided to advertise it it's with. great <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of like what looks like a russian fight going on at the bottom with john cena in the ring yeah. suplexing Oh, some woman. And my favorite part is what they named it. <laughs> Mom and Dad's bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Disney World castles in the back. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much weird shit going on in this picture. But yeah, uh, I, you know me. I love wrestling. I had to throw that in there. Uh, and then, according to Willie, is like uh, everyone's fourth favorite Enterprise <laughs> ship, the KSS Enterprise E, which this was the one that uh slowed my computer down because it had so many parts I mean, to it look at it <laughs> it's beautiful yeah. they did such a good they fucking really job. did and and that's another thing i want to say is that some of these mods that recreate these ships and stuff like the uh like an x-wing or a tie fighter and all these types dude mm. they look so cool like people are really really good at what they do <laughs> It's really impressive because a lot of these even say in the notes like that they're built with mostly or entirely yeah, stock parts from in the game. It's like, how the hell did they do that? Fuck if I know, dude. It's beyond me. Uh, the next one, 
I I did I did try this one. Uh, I think I put it off in the long the wrong launch pad though because I couldn't get it through anything. But uh, Mega Man <laughs> from Spaceballs. Nice uh, Spaceballs. When you yeah. when your stage one is start the vacuum, and then stage hey, two is launch. Nice. So like you, you start the vacuum before you even go up into the air. And uh, the tagline for this mod is just don't go from suck to blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh somebody created the companion cube. And that looks really good. And yeah, that's awesome. And that's a ship. Uh it says ship robotics, so it might be I think it I think it is a ship. Uh but yeah, that's a uh, 100% stock, but it does require a DLC. So I wasn't yeah. able to actually like see what it does. But still, I was like, wow. Yeah, portal, got to load. Yep. Um and then it, then we got into the more ridiculous ones that I saw. Uh I don't know how to describe this one. It's called Oh No. I don't know how to describe it either, but for some Basically. reason it reminds me of Control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think the... Uh, imagine if somebody had a whole bunch of cigarettes, and I'm talking shorts, 100s, and normal lengths and all that, and they just held them <laughs> in a big cylinder. Now imagine each of those cigarettes is actually a big solid rocket booster, and that's, that's basically insane. what that's we exactly got. Exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it is. That's insane. It's a bun- a bundle of fucking cigarettes, dude. Yeah, I can imagine that thing. A would probably again crash my computer, or at least crash the game. <laughs> uh, and B, dude, that's so much. If that thing blew up, that explosion would take fifteen minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet even hitting the launch button like burns a hole yeah, in the planet. Like, that is so much fucking rocket fuel. Uh, the next one is the toilet. It's just a I toilet. Like That's all it is. <laughs> it's by the same guy uh-huh. as the mom bed thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the description. Yes, it does fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's got kind of a memer. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of meme, meme ships as well. For sure. I did not see any dicks though, and I was really surprised. I wonder if they're just not allowed. I mean, I feel like the the default <laughs> rockets kind of do look like that anyway, just because of how rocketry yeah, and aerodynamics work. Uh, and then this last mod ship that I posted, uh, it's called Untitled Spacecraft. There's no description for yeah. it. Um, I, yeah, there, I can't think of a good way to explain no. this one. The bundle of cigarettes was great for the last one, but this one is. It's, imagine if an egg-shaped katamari <laughs> rolled through every rocket piece in the game. Like, to the bottom left of it almost looks like a little piano. Like, <laughs> I just don't... I don't know what the fuck. It's, it, they are, they're all pointing in different directions, though. It looks like when you turn it on, it's going to spin yeah. really, yeah. really fast. That was my best guess, is that it actually does go up, but it probably spins in the most hilarious way But who knows what the staging is like on that thing? Like, holy crap. Yeah, that that one uh, looks like it doesn't require DLC, so I may I may check that out after we record just to see what the fuck it does. I would love to report on what the hell it does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that was just that was what I had. Oh no, I'm sorry, there was one more. The molten flower uh, of death. The molten. It's another one that like I'm looking at it and I'm like I can't even begin to tell you how the fuck that works. Yeah, if you, it also looks like it's ridiculous it things, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but none of these. Have landing gear on the top, and that makes me sad. No, don't make, don't, make it, <laughs> ugh, don't let it make you sad, man. You're an original. Be, <laughs> yeah, be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> oh my, waiting on the world to change. <laughs> oh man, uh, so I, I, I don't really know what else we could say. About I think that's game. about uh, it, dude. We like talked a lot about it. I think that 
it was fun time to play with you guys, especially like that space camp was great. And then actually being able to after space camp, get some things done in the game by myself felt really good too. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. I think if you have the opportunity to like, if you get this game, try to pair up with somebody that kind of knows what they're doing and you might end up helping each other out too. Like I was asking open-ended questions. I was, I was streaming in and these guys were coming up with solutions. I was like, Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. And if you don't have that option, uh, a good person to look up, uh, his name was mentioned on Wikipedia. There's a guy called Scott Manley. He's a Scottish guy that does a lot of videos about Kerbal Space Program, and he has some beginner tutorials that are what got me into space the first time. So there may be a little dated, but. Imagine being from Scotland work. and being named Scott. That's your whole land, man. That's pretty <laughs> cocky. That's pretty <laughs> cocky, ain't it? Uh, I, I do want to quickly thank Willie uh, for pointing out that that button in create it and when you're building your ship that uh, <laughs> helped me and Nate with help me and Nate with wing placement. Oh, the <laughs> symmetry, yeah, the rotational symmetry button, so you can place multiple wings. Yeah, we were trying so hard, Dalton. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, so Willie just clicks that button. He's like, "Okay, so we're gonna put some wings on here." And then me and Nate are both like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa. What the fuck? What the fuck? You how, how do you have what? And he's like, oh, you just hit this little button over here. Yeah, me and Nate had been manually trying to line wings up like. <laughs> oh, and, my God. Oh, man. You're talking about pain in the butt. Yeah, I was trying to like perfectly yeah. line them up. So I'm like, okay, I think that's right. Turn it sideways. But like, damn it. Turn it back. Move it a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you guys were going to give this game a rating, what would you give it? feels kind of hard because this is one of those games I keep coming back to and never getting a whole lot done, but I still keep coming back to it. And I think that's a good sign. Um, I don't think there's a lot of games that are quite like it either. Like I think they set out to do what they did and I think they really succeeded. Um, any problem I have with the game is just because I am not yet competent enough to do all the really fun stuff. <laughs> so in the end, I think I'm just going to give it my, you know, casual approval of, um, Eight yeah. jebs out of boom. Yeah, for me, I, I think this game is amazing, and I think it executes what it wants to extremely well. I do think it has a few issues, and the main one being the lack of a useful tutorial and that it's not beginner-friendly at all, which I know some people are going to tell me get good, but whatever. <laughs> it's just honestly how I feel about it. I think it's really cool and really fun and satisfying to get things done on your own once you finally start getting to the point where you can. Um Overall, I like it a lot. I'm not sure how much more I'm going to go back to it, but I think it's a really cool concept and I'd recommend it wholeheartedly to people. But for me personally, it's like a seven out of 10, seven moons out of jibs. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you basically summed it up there, brother. Uh, I'm going to agree with you and give it a seven as well. Uh, it's fun. I I might go back to it to test out some more mod <laughs> chips, but as far as like, like I'm not going to actively try to like, quote unquote, beat the game. You know, I personally, I really enjoy sandbox just seeing what I can come up yeah. with. You know what I mean? So that'll be a game yeah. that I might go back and just fuck around with the creator. I feel like it's, that's a cool feature too. It's just, it's again, that suits different kinds of goals. Like you kind of make your own goals once you get into it a little bit. And even just like messing around with sandbox and launching monstrosities and like downloading crazy mods. is like a completely valid way to play the game, which I appreciate. Like, I feel like as a community, generally speaking, everyone in Kerbal is like this is a dumb game like it may be a simulation but it's a dumb <laughs> oh, and I love, love the it for that like the Kermen are so freaking cute Kerbals sorry Kerbals are so freaking yeah. cute yeah they are they are adorable Kermen is some of their last names which I think is where you got mixed up okay gentlemen I have a list a list okay a list Franz list 
A what? That was a classical oh. music joke. I don't know why I thought I'd make it on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Uh, yes, I have the 18 best physics games as of 2022. 18? How many? 18. That's an interesting number. Yeah, I thought it was a very strange number. And the descriptions for each of them aren't that long, so we should be able to get through this. Who is this? Uh, this, this is by? from Ranked. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. RankRed.com, uh, which is Science, huh. Technology, and Knowledge okay. is their tagline. So, number 18 is a game called Super Planet Crash. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I'm assuming it's sort of like Universe Simulator where you have a wide-scale view of the solar system and you blow shit up into each other. Well, uh, you can play this online and it's free. So go throw it out there. Oh, that's that's a selling point. What's this called again? I'm going to go ahead and type this into Super Google. Super Planet Crash. So it is an astronomer's version of Angry Birds. <laughs> and it's, an interest, it's an interesting what? game of gravity where you make a planetary solar system of your own. The challenge is to fit as many massive bodies as possible inside the two-point O-O-A-U, uh, one AU equals the distance between the sun and the earth. Uh, this is quite easy when the system contains a few earth mass bodies, but it gets unstable when you add a lot of heavier bodies like brown dwarfs and dwarf stars. Cool. The more massive the bodies you add without crashing any planets or stars, the more points That's you get. That's actually a really cool concept. Wait. Well, so you're telling me you only get two AU of space, though, and you could somehow get a brown dwarf in there and it still works? I guess so. That, yeah. I, that's a that sounds cool crazy. I dig it. Yeah, so that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out after the screen. That is free online. Uh, number 17. This one surprised me, but then I just thought about it and I was like, actually, no, it makes sense. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Huh. Huh. Now, the whole thing with this is the destruction. So, the game invites you to master the art of destruction by joining a series of short missions. You can shatter walls, open new lines of fire, and breach floors and ceilings, creating new access points. Everything pre- present around you reacts dynamically and realistically based on the volume of explosives you have set and the caliber slash size of the bullets you are using. That's actually a good point and pretty cool. That's a... That's a... Deeply nerdy way to approach the game, but I kind of appreciate that perspective. I, I, I have some friends of mine who played Siege, and it was on sale one time for like seven bucks. And I messaged one of them. I was like, "Should I get this game?" And he goes, "Dalton, you want me to be honest with you?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "This is too much of a shooter for you." <laughs> and I was like, hmm. "Okay, that's fair. I'm not going to argue. Like, <laughs> I'll go back to playing Borderlands." So I'll <laughs> Yeah, was, Siege sets a new bar for expert strategy and intense firefights, high lethality, intense close quarters confrontation, massive explosions, and team player are the center of the experience. Okay. Number 16, golf with your friends. <laughs> ah, I see where they're coming from. This is available. I mean... Oh, go ahead. Go, go I was just going to say, I mean, there are physics. You just use them to be a jerk. Your friends. Uh, I do want to say real quick that... uh. Rainbow Six Siege is available for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And at the time of this article, it was $4.19. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, One to go. I know, right? So, Golf With Your Friends is available on Windows, Mac, and Linux, and it is also $4.19 at the time of whatever article this was written. Uh, Golf With Your Friends, if you're not part of Game Buds, uh, is a challenging mini-golf game for up to 12 players. And, you know, you play, like, there's, like, six levels containing 18 holes each, and the physics of it are just trying to get through these fucking levels. Like, uh, especially the, uh, the, what was it? What would you consider a player created levels? Oh, really? Like some of those are insane. Yeah, bad. <laughs> Most of them are bad. 
But it's a fun game because it's, it's, it's a mini golf, but like there's also a, a jump button you can optionally enable and being able to like make your ball jump over walls and cheese courses is really fun. Ooh, Nate, perk your ears up for this next one. Number 15, Fist of Physics. Okay. Platform, Windows, price at the time of this article, $4.99. This game is set in 2037 where robots are running wild and you have to stop them by punching them in the face. Nice. This game uses VR physics engine to allow players to reach out and touch their rivals. Each movement and response looks real. You can use your own body with a Vive controller and select from a set of weapons to engage in deadly combat. Each of your opponents have some unique moves. Don't just destroy them by hitting them and knock them out. Sweep their legs and pop their head off. Nice. Okay. That sounds pretty cool. How much was that at this time of this recording? <laughs> uh, four, four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Okay. So not, not too bad. Uh, number 14, The Art of Gravity. Windows, Mac, and Linux. Price at the time of this uh, article, 49 cents. Hmm. This is a physics-based puzzle game of destroying abject, abject, abstract figures, which results in dazzling views of the dance of gravity. There is no tutorial. <laughs> there's no tutorials. There's no, there's no tutorial. <laughs> there's no explanation. So you have to discover the rules of the game all by yourself. The Art of Gravity comes with hundreds of mechanics that will give you a vivid physics experience and leave you in awe of oddly satisfying beautify of oddly satisfying beautify of destruction. Probably means beauty of destruction, maybe. I don't know. I think so, yeah. I yeah, like, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thirteen, carried away. Windows and Mac, price at the time of this. 764. This game allows you to construct lifts and bridges from numerous building materials to help passengers travel up and down the extreme mountain landscape. Carried Away will help you master rope physics. Build your structure carefully, keeping all stress and strain figures in mind. Cutting corners along the way might compromise the safety of your passengers. Mastering rope physics sounds interesting because one thing I always have a problem with in those bridge building type games is like, I'm really terrible with using steel cables and stuff. Like I do everything with struts if I can. Yeah. Yeah, dude, steel, steel cables and things like that, dude. I always like the tension's wrong and I, I fuck it up. And yeah, I feel That's you. where you need your calculus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't get that far <laughs> in math. <laughs> um, number 12, Osmos HD. Osmosis Jones uh, HD. Nice. Yeah. Finally. Android, iOS, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Price at the time of this, two forty nine. This is a physics-based puzzler that takes you on the ambi- into the ambient world of Osmos that features minimalist and dreamlike visuals and a hypnotic soundtrack. Your objective is to grow by absorbing smaller motes and propel yourself by ejecting matter behind you. The ejecting matter shrinks you, huh. so you need to maintain a delicate balance while floating in a deep solar system playgrounds competitive petri dishes and more. So this is just eating and shitting the game. This to me <laughs> sounds like the 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 uh first section of spore. You, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking like, too. And, oh, spore, that's going to be a fun one to go to cuz that game is so was so ahead of its time for the shit it was trying to do. Um there was a lot of bad decisions oh, in yeah. spore, but there was a lot of interesting decisions. I don't disagree in spore. with that. <laughs> uh number 11 is Chroma Lab. Uh, I feel like I've seen someone play that. that for Windows, know. price at the time of this writing is four ninety nine. This is a virtual reality physics sandbox. 
the game features hundreds of thousands of colorful particles that stick together like a fluid. You can interact with these particles using various tools that allow you to pick up, pull, hit, and explode, and paint the particle. Uh, you can also adjust the physics settings to alter the behavior of the particles, throw blobs into orbit, create black holes, tweak gravity, freeze the simulation, slow time down to a crawl. Neat. Uh, th- this next one, I guess that there are physics working in it, and if one of you have played it, maybe you can tell me more about it. Uh, number 10 is Tabletop Simulator. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of physics. Actually, That game is... It actually physically mimics uh, tabletop games. Like, there's even like a flip table <laughs> button where if you get pissed at the game, you can just whoop, whoop, and all the pieces go scattering That's and all tremendous. that. The, like the the dice and stuff use deterministic physics. It's pretty yeah, well. Uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux, uh, nine ninety nine at the time. Uh, mm. Tabletop simulator allows you to make your own game and play however you want. There are no rules. Just you, your friends, and a physics sandbox. Automate your game with scripting, manipulate physics, set up complete RPG dungeons, and create joints and hinges, and yes, flip the table when you are losing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tabletop Simulator consists of 15 base games like poker, chess, mahjong, jigsaw puzzles, and dominoes. Moreover, it features 360-degree panoramic backgrounds that alter the lighting and the atmosphere. That's cool. It's a really neat little game. I've never ended up finding anyone to play with, though. If I if I uh, eventually get that game, I'll play something with you. We'll play some chess or something, even though I'm terrible at it. Cool. cool. Usually, what happens is I'll get play, I'll play. I have joined the game with other people, and then we all just end up screwing around with the physics, <laughs> and we never play a real board game. We'll just start throwing random pieces from every game on the board and shit. Kind of Calvin ball it. So number nine. Number nine. N- number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Um, learn to fly three. Uh, Oh, learn to fly. I didn't expect Flash games to make this. Hell yeah. Uh, Windows or play online. Uh, not to be confused with play online like the Final Fantasy XI online service. That's, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the price is free. And uh, in Learn to Fly, you've to build your own spaceship. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start editing these. You get to build your own spaceship from scratch and customize it using more than 100 unique parts. You can pick from 24 different boosts, 23 bodies, 18 launchers, and 24 stages. Uh, each reward, or earn rewards at each level. There are more than 80 in-game achievements for you achievement hunters out there. And invest them in developing a bigger and better spaceship uh, and fly your way to outer space. Eventually, Overall, the game offers a halfway realistic physics and simple arcade feel for an easy-to-learn yet deep experience. I feel like they left out one of the most important parts of that game. What is that? Let me just make sure I'm thinking right. It completely neglects to mention that this whole thing is being done by penguins. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, learn it's, to fly. It's, it's a penguin space okay. program. Yeah, that, that, the, the whole series, the first two are uh, like glider games, and then yes. the third one is a spaceship That's game. awesome. <laughs> but you're, you're penguins, and you're, at least in the first two games, your goal is to get revenge on an internet troll for <laughs> saying that penguins can't fly. So you build a glider and fly to his house and kick his ass. I was Very just Jane about Silent to say that's some Jane Silent Bob shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Human Fall Flat. I've seen that one before. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Windows, Mac, Linux, Xbox One, and PS4. Price at the time of this article, seven forty nine. This is an open-ended physics-based exploration and puzzle game that takes you to a floating dreamscape. Your task is to escape these surreal dreams by cracking different puzzles with your intelligence and your physics knowledge. You are given complete control of the character named Bob, who's just a normal human with no superpowers at all, but given the right set of tools to perform tasks. This game is fully interactive, 
and you can grab, carry, climb anything in the environment. I've seen uh, outside Xbox play this game, and it was quite funny watching those guys fuck around in it. God, now that I'm thinking of that kind of game, I wouldn't be surprised if Octodad or I Am Bread made the list as well. Uh, We shall see. Uh, Number seven, a game that is on the list. Oh, nice. Crazy Machines 3. Okay. Uh, Windows. uh, Price at the time of this was $6.79. Are these prices being converted (laughs) from another currency or something? Because these are weirdly specific. Uh, That's that's possible. Or there's like sale prices at the time that they wrote this. I'm not 100% Mm. sure. But it it very well could be because the way this is written, uh, I almost feel like this was not the English wasn't their first language. Um, Yeah. Build your own crazy machines with physics based puzzles and place missing parts into chain reactions and turn them into working machines. Uh, you can use any physical part to your advantage, whether it's a laser, lighting, explosions, electricity, or wind. Everything is possible. Dive deeper into the details and provide objects with individual properties. Um, I have played some of this game, and uh, mm. there's more to it than you would think when you're first looking at it. You know what I mean? Uh, cool. It's it's hard. I, there was a couple of puzzles I got to. I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to get this to work? <laughs> Uh, number six, one that I heard Willie mention earlier is uh, Universe Sandbox. All right, uh, all right for yep. Windows, Mac, and Linux. Price at the time of this is a uh, sixteen seventy four. So this is the most expensive game we've yeah. had so far. Uh, this is a gravity simulator, an interactive space game that combines climate, collision, real time gravity, and body interactions to reveal the fragility of our Earth and the beauty of the entire universe. It supports virtual fragility is a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, it supports virtual reality for the Oculus and the Vive. Uh, this game is entirely based on real science, real physics, no supercomputer required. You can add carbon dioxide to a planet's atmosphere to heat it up, make a star evolve, cranking up its mass or age, deform surfaces with asteroids, and leave behind giant molten craters. Overall, this is a perfect game for people who love space. Especially for people who love hurting space, because 99% of the time I've seen people play it, they're like, let's throw another moon at the Earth and see what happens. Spoilers, whenever you have an idea that involves throwing something at something else and seeing what happens, the answer is usually nothing good. Uh, Number five, I have a version of this game that I need to add to the list because I just recently got it. Uh, I don't remember if it was in a bundle or what. Um, I have the 2017 version, uh, Car Mechanic Simulator. Oh, that actually looks really Uh, good. Windows, Android, and iOS. Uh, Price at the time of this is $14.99. Uh, this game is all about building and expanding your repair service business. Find unique and classic cars in the junkyard module or barn find module, or add your self-made car in the car editor. Uh, the car mechanic simulator comes with photorealistic graphics featuring over 40 cars, 10 tools, and more than 1,000 repair parts. So if you love to customize cars, roll up your sleeves and get to work. Cool. I've seen some people play it and made doing an oil change look fun, which is crazy. Isn't it weird how when something's a video game, it's more fun than it is in real life? Yeah, you yeah. get hot and sweaty while you're playing. Or covered games. in oil. <laughs> <laughs> or covered in oil or just, yeah, yeah. mosquitoes. and No, yeah. Um, it's like all those German games about, like, doing a job, just fucking farming simulation yeah. and shit like that. Yes, sir. But didn't Jeremy say his favorite game he was loves Farming Simulator? Farming Simulator. Jeremy loves that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I bet it's kind of zen if you get into it, it, man. I mean, if it's anything like when I'm doing farming and stuff in Rune Factory, then yeah, I would absolutely assume that it's probably pretty chill. Um, Number four, Kerbal Space Program. Hey! Hey! What's that? 
I do want to say is Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, which we touched on, and the price at the time of this writing when this is, is uh, $23.99. Mm. So we, we don't need to go into no, that. I think we're good. Uh, this next one, let me double check and see if I actually own this or not. I think I do. I do not. Okay. Um, number three is beamng.drive. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, yeah, so you've dude. Heard this before. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite YouTube series was just based on messing around in okay, this game. So the platform is for Windows only, and the price is $19.99. Uh, beave. Beave. <laughs> beave. <laughs> like beaver. Jesus oh, Christ, I can't talk. What the fuck? Uh, I ate some bad fish. That's, I'm just going to blame it on that. Uh, Beam NG <laughs> is a vehicle simulation game that features soft body physics and realistic graphics. The engine simulates every part of the vehicle in real time, resulting in dynamic behavior and offering countless pos- possibilities. So why is it the simulator- in my body physics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are your body physics? Are they holding soft up? Soft body, baby. <laughs> uh, we can get you up to rigid body physics. We'll just keep on doing that <laughs> resolution type shit. Shit, if we're going by that, then what's like softer than soft? Because that's be what my body is at this point. <laughs> Ice cold. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The simulator runs on algorithms written for physics equations to be carried out. Uh, it simulates a network of interconnected nodes and beams that merge to create an invisible skeleton of a vehicle with realistic mass. Yeah, that they, those things deform in excruciating detail. You can even like turn up and down the gravity, and oh, it's it's a game that you could screw around in for like a hundred hours. I'm sure. I would love just as creative as you can get with the situations. Basically, I'll have to check that out because that sounds right up my. I love crashing. Like I used to love burnout just for crashing stuff. So like, this game is pretty much the realistically crash a car simulator with yeah. a game. Um, but what if you decide you want to crash a jumbo jet into a car? Yeah. Good news, you can do that. What if you decide you want to crash a jumbo jet into the car by hovering over the car and then turning the gravity up to sun level gravity? Good news, the game has that. <laughs> uh, number two is a game that I actually added really recently because it was stupid cheap. Um, spin tires, Mud Runner. Now, uh, those of you in the Discord, uh, Tadpog's Discord, shout out Tadpog, uh, Tyler, and Dave Play All Games, or the Steam Machine Discord, you've probably heard Jeff, our buddy, mention Snow Runner. Um, which is the sequel to this game, I believe. Um, so, Spin Tires Mud Runner. The game puts you in the driver's seat of an all-terrain vehicle, venturing across the extreme landscape. It gives you the ultimate off-road experience and only a compass and a map for your guide. Mud Runner cool. is integrated with an advanced physics engine along with several improvements over its predecessor. Oh, so maybe Mud Runner is newer than Snow Runner. Or no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The original game is just called Spin Tires. Never mind. Uh, like enhanced differential lock systems, new mud interaction and vegetation, improved water physics, and soft body tire simulations. So I did play this game, and you really have to like assess situations and be like, can I make it through that? Because you will 100% get fucking stuck. And if there's no tr- tree around <laughs> for you to shoot your, uh, uh, like a pull, like the pulley thing, I can't think of the name for it, but like the pulley, like the hook, you would grab it and it would pull you out. Um, by a mechanic, uh, a mechanical winch, crank. Yeah, know. your winch. If you don't have anything to put that on, then you have to reset. You're fucked. But uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and then number one, a game that I've never heard of, but for some reason I feel like Willie's going to have heard of this game. I could be wrong. Number one is Stick Fight, the game. Either that sounds either vaguely okay. familiar. Uh, Windows, Mac, Android, and iOS. Price four ninety nine. Oh, oh, real quick. Uh, Mud Runner, 
twenty nine ninety nine at the time of this, but I bought it for like four dollars. Nice. Just gonna say it goes on sale. Um, so stick fight not. the game. This is a fighting game where you battle battle it out against your friends as the popular stick figures from the golden age of the internet. The U- okay, so it's like the stick death type Newgrounds videos. Yeah, that's okay. what they look like to me. Um, there is no single player mode, and a maximum of four players can play either local or online multiplayer. Um, hmm. It's a physics-based combat game with 80 fully interactive levels. It features procedural animation using the system from Totally Accurate, totally accurate Battle Simulator. Oh, man, I'm kind of surprised that one didn't make the that, list. Uh, that was going to be my honorable mention, is that I have uh, ah. Ultimate ultimate Battle yes. Simulator or something like that. Is one of them, like UA right. Ultimate. Yeah, one of those games, but it's like Totally Accurate Battle Simulator tabs. Those games are a blast. Um hmm. The one that I have, I remember doing, I think it was like Jesus and Spider-Man versus 500 Velociraptors. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to say it was Jesus was invulnerable, so he actually won in the end. But I don't remember. It was just, it was wild. But yeah. the uh, Oh, Ultimate Epic Battle Simulator. That's the one that I have. U-E-B. U-E-B-S. It's not as, coo- it's not as cool as tabs. You know, it comes off the tongue easier. Yeah. But, but yeah, man. That uh, that's the that's the list. Some more uh, physics games for you guys to Pretty check cool. out. If Kerbal sounded interesting to you, uh, I believe I believe that's I it. So, all right then, let's roll into uh, some house cleaning here. Uh, we got first and foremost, if you would be absolutely wonderful and kind, and go leave us a review wherever you listen, um, especially iTunes and Spotify, uh, that'll really help us. Uh, particularly iTunes, um, help us climb the. Uh, ratings and the charts and all of that shit if we have more five-star reviews so please go leave us one if you feel we deserve it even if you feel like we don't leave a five-star review and talk shit to us like that's fine just make it five stars um if you want to come join our discord which uh here in a sec oh you know what here in a, we need to go let's go ahead and cover this now so we'll mention the discord if you want to join the discord it is bit.ly slash tsmp discord and you can come in and you can chop talk with us talk about memes and other things like that or you can vote on a game for us to play after our host picks we do the fan picked game which is actually our next episode yeah is a is the is the fan picked game and that is going to be feels like a wall it's going to be uh amnesia the dark descent you guys ready to poop your pants i've heard this game scary scary this was definitely a popular game for YouTubers that like to make <laughs> screamy faces at webcams to uh, make a hundred versions mean, you can, of. You can say Markiplier and PewDiePie is fine. <laughs> I didn't. Well, yeah, though that's pretty much actually what I'm thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll say uh, I do want I do want to give a shout out quickly to Markiplier. Uh, not that he fucking needs it, but. He, he, he doesn't yell, at least the videos that I've watched, he doesn't yell nearly as much as some of the other people that I've seen who just shout yeah. in, incessantly. So I have... As far as the insanely popular video game LP and stream yeah, guys, it seems sure. like the most tolerable yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, come join the Discord, man, and vote. Uh, I believe the Amnesia one, and then the next poll, uh, Final Fantasy VII one. So the next time we roll around to the fan poll, it'll be Final Fantasy VII. Um, which... That can, it might end up being a two episode or I don't know if I'm the only one who beats it. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> like I, it's, it's all good. Um, it's kind of hard to imagine that as a one parter, but yeah. you know yeah. we do it. We'll we figure do. it. Out. We'll figure it out when the time comes. Um, if 
you want to check out our website, you can go to bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast, uh, capitalized phonetically. And that'll take you there where you can find like buttons to all this shit that I am going to be plugging to you right now. Plus our episodes pop up on there. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a thing that's there. Uh, if, and a special shout out to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast, um, donate $1 a week. You get, uh, the episodes at, ad free yeah even even though normal normal people I'm telling you man conrad thompson and his wrestling podcast you get him early and ad free at adfreeshows.com a little free plug for him i'm so used to hearing that that my brain just does that when i bring it up um <laughs> you get this episodes early uh whenever i'm done editing them i post them right to patreon um and uh yeah i, I do some extra uh, music episodes over there i am planning uh slowly but surely putting together a little like a dnd slash just whatever dice i decide to use dice system for a, a campaign that we'll probably do over there and uh yeah and if you want to donate ten dollars a month then you will get your name read out on each and every single episode much like these wonderful people nate sir cogsworth the seventh of juniper jeff the original expendable himself mr syllables old jeffy lube the man with a thousand names and arisa adam Shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, which his next episode is going to be on Pokemon Red and Blue, nice. I believe. So that'll be something to look forward to. Um, shout. Yeah, man. He posted the uh, freaking uh, the manual in the uh, yeah. Machine Discord, like scans of the manual. And that art style is so nostalgic. For oh, me, yeah, man. dude. I can't. I told him, I was like, I'm going to read those after I'm done recording. And goddamn, I am. Like, when I go take my yeah. post recording dump, I'm going <laughs> to read them on, the <laughs> on my phone. Uh, Nice. Shout out to Yabs Pod, uh, yet another BS podcast. Uh, is my weekly podcast for me and my buddy Jeremy. Just talk bullshit for about an hour or two, um, and then also shout out to the JRPG Report, which is the weekly JRPG. You guys heard me plug that in the beginning of the episode, so I'll save that plug at the end for next week. Um, if you want to get a cool shirt with our logo on it and all that cool stuff, you can pop over to uh, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. And uh, eventually, I'm going to try to get some. Uh, you might be able to get like a Yabs Pod shirt on there or a uh, JRPG Report sh- shirt. G8. Jesus fuck. Jesus fuck. Oh my god. So you can't say that on the JRPG I report. know I can JRPG report logo. Nate, I'm glad you found that <laughs> God damn it. Um that's why I named it TSMP Productions in case I ever wanted to like because I know I've thrown album cover shirts and stuff up there too from my music. So it, it covers my whole broad spectrum of things. If you want to go get a shirt or maybe some underwear, it oddly enough that's an option all of that shit is on a threadless tsmp tsmp productions.threadless.com god damn it i am almost through this show music is my music now the nightmare.bandcamp.com it's good shit you should go listen to it i'm pointing at the camera none of you can see me and yeah that's it nate plug your shit yeah you can find me on twitch twitter and <laughs> who knows how much longer on twitter uh twitch twitter and tiktok at turtle bear man where I do my retro video game streams, my speed runs and all that stuff. Kind of cutting back a little bit recently because life is busy. So I'm doing more like one stream a week on Sundays these days. So come check me out, y'all. Yeah, for sure, man. Willie, you got anything you want to plug or shout out? Yeah, sure. Um, I, again, I want to give a shout out to uh, Scott Manley, the YouTuber that makes a bunch of really good Kerbal Space Program content, including tutorial videos for beginners. Anyone who's getting the game that doesn't know what's going on should definitely look up his uh, beginner tutorial. Um, 
I'd also like to give a shout out to a podcast I started listening to recently. I've been having some insomnia issues and my therapist recommended a show called Nothing Much Happens, which is just someone reading a story that's really relaxing and nothing much happens in it. And then she reads it again slower the second time. So you already know <laughs> everything that doesn't happen. So it's even more relaxing. And last time I listened to it, I fell straight asleep nice. during the second re- read through the story. So like, that's really good for me because I'm usually taking cool. hours to get to sleep. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Um, I'll recommend. Well, I don't know how do how well do you do with sleeping with music? I no. haven't really tried. The uh, SNES drunk does these videos of the relaxing Super Nintendo music. Um, it's where I first heard the Waterworld map theme. That's like that Pink Floyd. That's the first. That's the opening song of the first one. So, um, if you're like in a mood before you want to go to sleep, before you put that podcast on, you're like, oh, I'm gonna just chill out and everything and just relax a little bit. Put that on. Maybe it'll get you related. Then you put on your yeah. podcast and you fall asleep and sleep like a motherfucking baby. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like the kind of thing I'd like to listen to. But I'm like on my way. It, it also down. was the video that reminded me how fucking good the Donkey Kong music oh, is. Hell yeah, like, yo, God, no so, kidding. Some of those songs, aquatic ambience all up in this joint. Songs are just Stickerbush so, Symphony. I think Stickerbush Symphony is the one that's on the. Uh, that's the one that's on the the checkpoint video that you can't find unless you just stumble upon it on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. yeah it's a beautiful song. But anyways, gentlemen, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Then for the Destructo Bros, I'm Dalton. Two weeks, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. It's going to be fun. As always, guys, take it easy. <laughs>